Welcome to a new edition of the Bilateral.org podcast, where we discuss the most recent developments around free trade agreement. A new study analyzed the impact of NAFTA in Mexico and its replacement, the USMCA, during the 28 years it has been applied in the country. NAFTA went into force in 1994 between the US, Canada and Mexico, and it was the first comprehensive FTA that became the model for all others. And in that sense, uh, Mexico has been a lab for free trade for almost three decades now. Mexicans suffered devastating impacts of the agreement, such as loss of food sovereignty, cheap imports, privatization of seeds, increasing obesity, labor abuse, and so on. They also learned one overarching lesson, that free trade agreements subvert and dismantle laws, regulations, and legal processes in order to open up space for corporations to operate. Between 2011 and 2014, a permanent people's tribunal was organized to examine all these impacts. It found that as a result of this deviation of power triggered by NAFTA and other trade deals, the Mexican people cannot hold the government to account. The study concludes that reforming these trade deals is not the answer. They need to be abolished to get out of this cooperation submission. This conclusion is all the more important since the Mexican government is about to confirm the upgraded agreement between Mexico and the European Union. Referring to history is essential if we are to understand the true nature of free trade agreements and organize the resistance against them. In Chile, after four years of legislative debate, the Congress voted to approve the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, also known as CPTPP or TPP-11. The Chilean president sent a series of side letters to the 10 member countries which could extend the ratification process. The letters aimed to modify elements of the chapter referring to the investor state dispute resolution mechanism that has been a subject of criticism and international debate. Civil society groups have criticized this approach. They say that the signing of side letters to free trade agreements has become an increasingly common practice. Such letters aim to request certain safeguards in some areas of the treaties, but this does not change the essence of the treaty since the impact of free trade agreements such as the TPP-11 have to be analyzed as a whole and not by chapters. The rest of the agreements, such as provisions on intellectual property, services, public procurement or electronic commerce, remain equally applicable since the CPTPP text is closed and already in force in seven countries. They also said that the treaty will benefit large corporations and the most vulnerable territories and sectors, such as workers, women, youth, indigenous people, will be the main losers. It will now be scrutinized by the country's constitutional court. Malaysia has become the ninth country to ratify the CPTPP after the government submitted the instrument of ratification. The Consumers Association of Panang has criticized the move and asked the government to withdraw from the agreement before it comes into force, as it will have far more costs than benefits. The association said that the cost-benefit analysis commissioned by the government was flawed and unrealistic. 
It also criticized the inclusion of the investor-state dispute settlement mechanism that has trapped many countries. In Thailand, a meeting gathered women groups from across the Asia-Pacific region. One of the panel addressed the issue of digitalization and free trade agreements and connected them to corporate hegemony and the impacts on the women's conditions. The panel said that women have been disproportionately impacted by free trade agreements. In many places, women are expected to put foot on the table, and in traditional farming also, women maintain the practices of seed saving and preserving food. But since FTAs disrupt traditional systems, there has been a boost in violence in the household, as many women faced obstacles, even though these obstacles are out of their control. One of the panelists also said that digitalization that is promoted by FTAs fosters the centralization of power, as only four companies control 65% of all commercial seeds in the world. Digital tools are being used for imperialist expansion, and technology has created even more inequalities. They concluded that the real producers, who feed 70% of the world, are peasants, small farmers and fishers, these communities should be the ones making the decisions on what digital technology works for them, what they want to use, and what they can control. The Energy Charter Treaty is in trouble. It's an agreement that was signed in the 90s for the promotion and protection of investment in the energy sector. There are 53 members, most of which are European countries, and it's the most used treaty to invoke investor-state disputes. Italy left the agreement in 2016, and now France, Spain, Poland, Slovenia and the Netherlands announced they will leave it as well due to an unsatisfying reform process. Many civil society groups have criticized the treaty for years, and the reform text as well. They say that the reform treaty would continue to protect fossil fuels investors for another 10 years in addition to a 20 years sunset clause. They are also critical that the treaty would extend protections to new investments such as carbon capture or hydrogen, which could hamper the ability of states to end reliance on fossil fuels. There are also concerns of the Energy Charter Secretary's push to expand the treaty to new members such as Nigeria. And that's it for today. More information about this episode can be found in the description box below. Uh, more trade news coming up soon in our next podcast. And in the meantime, you can visit bilaterals.org.